0: This is Jay Baer from Convince & Convert, and welcome to the Content Pros Podcast, where you'll hear the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world. The show is brought to you by Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. The show is also brought to you by Vidyard, the best platform for creating, managing, and optimizing your video content marketing. And the show is brought to you by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. The hosts of the show are Randy Frisch and Tyler Lessard. Find all links, archives, and more at contentprospodcast.com. Now, here's Randy
1: Tyler and this week's special guest. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros. I am Randy Frisch from Uberflip. As always, I've got Tyler Lessard joining me from Vidyard. And today we have a very good friend of both of ours who's joined us and someone who I've got a long history with here at Uberflip. That's Hannah Abaza, who in very many ways, I owe a lot of gratitude for helping us build the brand that is Uberflip and is the content strategy that lives here inside of Uberflip day to day and, and so much more. So really excited because, you know, Hannah and I have been saying, we got to catch up with each other, and we figured, what better way to do it now that she's moved on from Uber Flip than to get her onto this podcast and talk all about some of the new challenges she has with the company she's now head of marketing at, which is Shopify Plus. So, Tyler, you know Hannah really well, too. How did you guys get connected? Yeah,
2: it's a real pleasure to have uh, Hannah on the show, and uh, good, good, good day, everybody, and thanks for joining us. Um, you know, Hannah and I have, uh, I think, been road warriors at a lot of conferences in the past. Uh, and, and we intersect a lot in the market. And I've had a chance to see Hannah speak on stage many times. Uh, we've had joint customers that we've worked with together and done uh, joint thought leadership programs around, uh, you know, content and webinars and, and things like that. So it's always been a pleasure. Hannah's always had a great perspective being someone who lives uh, almost literally in the world of content and, and is thinking about it probably uh, nearly 24 hours a day. So um, somebody I've always, uh, you know, really admired in, in what you've done, not only your thought leadership, but how you put it into practice, which is probably the most more important piece. So um, with that, Hannah, you know, to kick things off, uh, can you talk a little bit about, you know, your last, you know, five or so years, you know, you come from the world of content, you know, as a marketer focused on that, but also as a company who was obsessed with content at Uber Flip. So, you know, just tell us a bit about how that came to be and, and how your perception of content and content marketing changed in recent years, bringing you up to kind of where you are today.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me guys. And, and I have to say before I get into sort of my background and how I got here, I'm feeling a little nostalgic after those like fabulous intros from you guys. So thank you for that. Um,
1: we'll so alway, we'll always welcome you back into the MarTech world. I know, oh. world, <laughs> but like, there's, there's a spot in this world for you still.
3: Oh, I, I, listen, I definitely miss my, uh, my Uber flip family and, uh, and everybody in the MarTech community. So, uh, Hey to everyone listening, cause I'm sure there's a bunch of overlap, Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, the last five years sort of leading up to where I am now um, have probably been uh, among the most intense, but also the most educational years of of my career. So um, really just stepping back, you know, my foray into really doubling down on content, um, I would say almost started before I joined Uberflip. I was at that point doing a lot of consulting with a variety of companies from early stage startups to venture back to some, some big corporate brands. And the theme that I kept seeing was a lot of these guys were starting to take content more seriously, at least the very forward-looking and the very progressive ones. And they were running into a lot of problems, right? So they were trying to create all of this content and creating the content, as we all know from the many reports that we've seen, is always a challenge. Um, But they were also running into a lot of infrastructure problems. They were running into a lot of problems around really having the tools that marketers need in order to actually operationalize this stuff. So, um, you know, I had been in introduced to the guys at Uberflip, um, I got really excited about what they were working on in the content space, uh, and I think, you know, that part is is kind of history. I joined the team there, um, you know, spent, I think, over three and a half years at Uberflip and, you know, really... That's, you know, was a content first approach um, that we took very deliberately because, you know, as most of you know, Uberflip is a, you know, content platform above all else. And we wanted to make sure that we were setting a really great example in terms of how content marketing can not only be a vehicle to, you know, bring awareness, create thought leadership, but can also actually be a growth engine for your for your business. Um, so I, you know, learned a ton at Uberflip. I had a ton of fun at Uberflip um, and, you know, recently moved on, joined the team at Shopify Plus. So, it, you know, for those of you that aren't familiar with Shopify Plus, you may be familiar with sort of broader Shopify. It's an e-commerce platform. And Shopify Plus is the business unit that's focused on up market. So while Shopify enables small businesses and entrepreneurs to create e-commerce stores um, and really leverage you know selling online, Shopify Plus actually caters to those bigger brands um, that are already doing you know high growth, high volume sales online. And that's a totally different business model, right? That's more of a B2B model. At Shopify Plus, we have a sales team, um, which, you know, Shopify hadn't really had before plus came into fruition. And the really interesting thing, I mean, Tyler, you put it earlier, you know, I went from a company that was obsessed with content into sort of the vast unknown. The really interesting thing for me was that. Content at Shopify and Shopify Plus in particular is actually probably one of the number one priorities, which I think, you know, if you go back five years, that probably wouldn't have been the case for a lot of companies. And I think that just really goes to show you how integral content marketing is becoming as the foundation of a lot of our marketing and growth strategies.
2: So, one of the things that I think you did extremely well at Uberflip, and I expect you'll bring to Shopify Plus, is this notion that being successful with content isn't necessarily a quantity game, and it's it's probably in fact not a quantity game. Uh, it, it's about quality, it's about relevance, and you know, creating content experiences that that really engage audiences. And, and again, I think you guys have always done that exceptionally well at Uberflip, and it's something we strive to do as well. Um, so, just curious on your perspective on that, and you know how you think about what are the priorities when stepping into a new opportunity and and thinking fresh about the approach to content.
3: Yeah, I actually am really glad you asked that because the mantra that we're actually drilling into, not just the marketing team, but across the board, um, really circles around this idea that it's not volume. So the thing I say to every new member of our team is that we really need to put into perspective what our approach to not just content marketing, but growth in general. So for example, you know, most marketers, whether it's content or, you know, people trying to drive traffic to a website or whatever it might be, think about things like traffic, right? Um, And inevitably, you know, the, the question comes up is how do we get more traffic to our blog or our website or our whatever? And the question we should all be asking ourselves as content marketers isn't how do we get more traffic? It's how do we get to the desired outcome with the least amount of traffic possible, right? Because that's indicative of quality and that's indicative of conversion. And that's like our guiding force here, I think. Um, so really trying to reframe how people approach content in general.
2: You heard it here first, Randy, less is more, and uh, we should strive for less, uh, people looking at our content. It's been said here first, ladies and gentlemen, Absolutely.
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I was at a, we do a roadshow event here at our company and we were in Atlanta a few weeks ago and someone on the panel from one of the marketing agencies talked about, it's not how many people come to your webinar or register to your webinar. It's how many of those end up being one of your MQLs or ultimately opportunities, right? It's 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 not, you know, we're not in the quantity game. And I think that's something that people are starting to understand better. It's not about con- quantity, it's about focus. Um, and I, I'm curious, picking up on that concept of focus and you know I I found this really interesting when you told me that you were looking to join Shopify but then you were more specific you were joining Shopify Plus and and this idea that Shopify Plus as you explained to all of our listeners earlier is more upmarket so maybe you can talk about just this brand focus and mindset again around focus to actually have a complete separate brand and how that strategy even began at Shopify. And then maybe we can eventually pull some content strategy in there too.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's actually really fascinating um, and, and ties together really well. So just a brief kind of step back in time. Shopify Plus really started as an experiment from within Shopify. Um, And, you know, historically, as I mentioned earlier, Shopify was really selling to entrepreneurs and small businesses, uh, maybe bricks and mortar businesses that wanted to start to sell online. And Shopify has been very successful. They've IPO, they have, you know, tons and tons of merchants um, and they're growing very, very, very quickly. And the idea for Shopify Plus really came about when we saw merchants that had signed up with Shopify years ago, had really started to grow and gain traction and really turned into these really big forces of nature in the industry. And what we didn't want to see happen at Shopify is we didn't want to see those people move off of the Shopify platform thinking that, oh, we're too big for Shopify now. Because as I said, historically, they've been focused on small business and and entrepreneurs. So Shopify Plus started off as an experiment. Um, you know, we took a look at product. We took a look at our services component. Um, and we put together a plan that we really thought would cater to these merchants that really grew substantially on Plus. Uh, or sorry, on Shopify. And the really interesting thing is that it... It really um, overtook all of our expectations when it came to how much these merchants wanted that upmarket package. And not only did we see people that were born on Shopify start to graduate to Shopify Plus uh, because they were so successful, then we started seeing people migrating from other platforms into Shopify Plus. So what started off as an experiment from within Shopify really has evolved to uh, almost a, a I think a 250 person org at this point, um, into a separate business unit that caters specifically to those higher volume merchants. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's actually been pretty incredible how quickly that growth has come about. Um, now when you think about the different audiences there, and, and this is really what it comes down to, right? It comes down to personas. And I know, you know, anytime we talk content, we talk personas and oftentimes it's lip service. So What I've really been doing since I joined here is really understanding the difference between the personas, and it's a massive difference. So when you're looking at the Shopify persona, again, small business entrepreneurs, when you're looking at these bigger merchants, the whole buying process changed. Now there's a sales team. Now there's more than one person involved in that purchase decision, right? This is what, you know all of us in the B2B community is used to seeing, Um, but this wasn't something that Shopify was used to, right? So Shopify as an org had to learn how to build out a sales team, and we had to learn sort of how to start to grow that funnel. And there's two really interesting pieces that came out of that. Uh, I think the brand piece is really interesting, and that's something that is sort of continually, I guess, evolving, and where we're continually starting to iterate on that. And how do you distinguish between the two brands, Shopify and Shopify Plus, but still stay consistent? Um, And, you know, I, I can't say that I have, you know, the right answer to that right now, because those are the conversations that we're sort of having as we look to evolve and grow the Shopify Plus brand.
1: And they'll they'll give you a break until you've been there at least a year until they expect, right? I mean, like they'll, they'll go easy on you. I mean, this is, it's really a fascinating evolution. It right? really is. It's yet so early in, in the evolution. And I know one of the things you told me is the amount of growth that's expected from this plus line is, mm-hmm. you know, is really exciting. And it's, it's interesting. I think it's something that, you know, both Tyler and I uh, at Vidyard and, you know, you'll remember at Uberflip can remember too. I mean, you know, a lot of our companies over time have actually gone up market mm-hmm. um, and had to shift that mindset around persona. I rem- you know, I, I remember sitting in a room with you once where we said you know what like we went up market why are some things maybe not working the way we thought they would and then all of a sudden we realized wait have we changed our content drastically yeah exactly I, i want to go more into that but we're going to take a quick pause here for listeners so you can hear a little bit more about what vidyard and uberflip actually does and then i'll let tyler dig on you with all that content goodness
3: hey zoe Hey Kelly. Do you know what I love? Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah, him. But also Netflix and how it always shows me what I'll love, aka all the murder mysteries. Ooh, or documentaries about puppies. I wish there was a way to do that with B2B content. And well, hold on to your pants. So, you know, UberFlip? It lets you create a better content journey for your readers. So, I can let my readers binge my content while my sales team also sends it out to prospects? You sure can. <laughs> Amazing. How do I get it? Just head over to uberflip.com and request a demo.
2: So picking up on that, uh, uh, Randy, when you, you know, one of the things I'm really interested in is this evolution of the content experience. And it's something that, um, you know, I think that, that you, you've talked about and it's to your point, Randy, the, the experience you actually build around your content can really change kind of the, the personas that you attract or the people you go after, the, the, the tone, even the styles and the mediums, right? If you're using video versus, you know, content tailored for social or written blogs and, and all of those things impact the uh, Frankly, I think the whole business, it impacts the brands, it impacts who you're bringing in, it impacts the types of people that are going to respond. So how do you, you know, how do you think about that as you're building the brand? And where do you prioritize your efforts to align content with brand and demand, which is something we're all trying to do, but easier said than done?
3: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, listen, like content is a two-pronged thing. Like, yes, it, it needs to support sort of the brand story. Um, but really, and, and I mean, for us, this is actually the major priority is like, it's a demand generator, right? It's it's a lead generator. It's something to attract people to your, um, to your business. So, you know, the way we're sort of looking at content now is number one, you know, looking at sort of the strategic shift that needs to happen and how how we approach content. For example, um, you know when you look at the Shopify blog, um, it's incredible the amount of content Shopify has generated and created over the year. The blog is incredibly successful. Um, you know they've got great everything. They've got great SEO, great topics, lots of great resources there. And as we start to build out the Shopify Plus blog, one thing we want to keep in mind is we don't want to duplicate the exact same thing, right? So we need to change the type of content we create so that it's more aligned with our personas, as opposed to sort of Shopify's historical personas. And we need to start to think about the breadth and depth of content that we create. So, um, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, again, Shopify Plus is really sort of in its infancy when it comes to building out its marketing and growth strategies and we've had a blog running for a little while but you know as we start to build that out the focus is going to be on you know tweaking the type of content that's created and who we're targeting but also you know it's, we've got to go beyond blog posts um, and we're really looking at going into value add content. So things like guides, more lead gen content, more premium content, uh, doubling down on video. Um, and and I think a lot of people are really amped about video right now, <laughs> uh, particularly with, you know, all the stats you see about how much video consumption is going to go up. Um, but for us, video is probably the best way to tell customer stories. Um, and I think for us, a customer centric approach is going to be really important in our content marketing.
2: I think the uh, it's interesting in the B2B world, right? We all, uh, I think, appreciate the importance of peer validation and those customer stories. And, and I think, you know, we've seen bringing them to life with video is such an important way to, to build that, you know, to build that, Brand and and that trust with potential buyers much more so than it even is in the consumer world because those folks are they're making a bigger investment and they need to see other people have seen return and and pay off on it. Um, And I think it's something again, you know, Randy at at Uber Flip, you guys have been super successful with both video and customer stories. and, uh, and, but the interesting thing there, I also see them being great sales tools mm-hmm. and you know, you, you know, either of you guys feel free to jump in here, but one of the big challenges that I know a lot of people face is we've got all this great content, the blog, the videos, the customer stories. Um, it's great that it's getting out there, but how do we get the sales team using it so they can go out and build their own demand, uh, and, and fuel it. So, how uh, have at it either of you too, because I think it's a universal problem. Most companies face.
1: Hannah, yeah, I'll let you go, or otherwise I'm just going to be product-pitchy. So. You're going gonna... <laughs> mean, to? I mean, like, Tyler, you're, like, teeing me up with what we do. So, you know, <laughs> that's let's let someone who doesn't necessarily need to be product-pitchy go first.
3: <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I have to preface this by saying it's hard not to be product-pitchy with Uberflip because I did it for so many years, but, um, but speaking a little bit more broadly um, to this problem, is like the the content itself is sort of one challenge but you're, you're absolutely right tyler um, in that the distribution of content, both internally and externally and, and getting it sort of presented in a way where it's A, discoverable, B, consumable. Um, and the, the thing that I'm, I'm constantly saying, and I mean, I even said this at Uberflip, is that your content has to be um, sort of organized in a way that's easy, not just for your visitors to find, but for your sales team to find, right? Um, because content is probably one of the best tools that the sales team has So one of the, um, I guess, to-dos on our list is to work with our sales enablement team to figure out, okay, how do we internally communicate this content? How do we actually categorize this content in a way that makes sense? for people sales team and visitors to find it so for example you know whenever and and if anyone's ever listened to me speak in the context of content marketing or uberflip i say this all the time and i still see it all the time and it pisses me off so i'm going to say it again i never go to a resource center looking for white papers nobody ever says hey i really want to read a white paper i don't care what it's about just show me a white paper But every single resource center you go to is set up that way. It's like, here are all the white papers, here are all the guides, here are all the webinars. It makes no sense. So when you're trying to sort of plan out how that content is presented and distributed, I think like the biggest win is to just make it findable for both your internal teams and your external teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more there. And it's, it's funny, you know, in, in a way, how people still do it in those ways, right? I mean, you know, I, I did a talk recently, and we we called the talk, uh, I think it was the silly, the sad and the future, right? And this idea that, you know, there's these things that we do in the past that we look back on, and they're silly now, right? Like going to Blockbuster, right? That was silly, right? But the sad is when they're doing it still today, right? And, and there's a lot of things obviously like that, uh, you know, that, that for sure frustrate people like crazy. So Hannah, I'm, I'm curious, you know, you talked about, again, how Shopify Plus is more upmarket, and you talked about thinking about these different assets and arming salespeople. I'm wondering with, you know, thinking about guys and thinking about these assets, how much are you getting into more of... The ABM craze that you you heard about when we were here, how much is that infiltrating a company like Shopify in terms of mindset? Because I would assume with a a more large fish type of, of prospect that you're going after, it makes sense to really tailor content to each prospect that you're working with.
3: It does. And, you know, for us, we're really right now in foundation building mode. (laughs) Um, So I'm like hiring all the people and getting the infrastructure in place and you know revisiting positioning and messaging and you know really understanding our our segments and our personas um so you know for us right now while abm is on our radar and i think actually it's it's probably going to start to play a bigger role once we've got those foundational elements in place um you know it's not something we've jumped into full-fledged yet uh but it is something i think you know in the future we'll probably lean that way and i will say that you know like any sales team, we have an inbound team and we have an outbound team. Um, And that is something that sort of our inbound team has started to play with as well. Uh, But as you guys know, you know, like ABM is not something that marketing can just go do in a silo. Um, It really has to be like a company-wide sort of strategic efforts to identify the right accounts. Um, And then we we do it. So we're not there yet, but um, I definitely think that's something that we'll look at moving forward.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of us implicitly do, you know, uh, some degree of ABM because it's it's largely around, you know, understanding, to your point, the personas and the, and the profiles of of the target buyers and the companies they're at and, and tailoring your outreach and your marketing strategy to that, um, which I think is that sort of foundational step. But the other piece of that I'm, I'm, I'm interested in your perspective is, um, and it's back to that sales enablement piece, is, is not only making sure your sales teams can get at the content you're producing. But are you actively working with your sales team to identify priorities, opportunities, and even technology and tools to use to help them be more successful in their outbound programs? Or is that something that's, you know kind of still siloed a little bit within uh within your world
3: yeah no 100 percent. we were working with them um and at, like i i spend more time with the sales team probably than anybody else at this point um, i'm so
2: happy to hear that it's so it's we don't hear it enough these days and i actually heard somebody the other day frustrated with the lack of relationship between sales and marketing and i was like does that really still happen and it, it, most companies actually think it does
3: Oh yeah, I I agree. And it's, it's, it's so weird to me that it still happens because, um, you know, even in my conversations with our, our head of sales here, Mark Bergen, I mean, we're both very aligned around, like, it's, it's a revenue team. It's like, you know, these teams have to be working together. We can't create silos within those teams. So, um, working a lot with sales. And I think the biggest thing right now that is critical for us to start to understand is like where the gaps lie from a content perspective. And we've already started to identify those. And, you know, some of the gaps are in case studies. Some of the gaps are in, you know, talking about specific value props. So um, I just, yeah, I mean, I would not be able to do anything without, you know, the sales team (laughs) at this point. So we have a
1: bit of time left, and Hannah, like I know you so well. Tyler knows you pretty well. One of the ways that we actually end every Content Pros podcast these days is to get to know our guests so that everyone listening in knows <laughs> a little bit behind. So it was, usually I got to do all this digging. I got to like look up people's first tweet ever. I got to do all this kind of stuff. But – It's too easy for me. So I'm going to let Tyler tag team with me here because he's going to just have more curious questions versus the obvious. But I'll start with one which impacts all three of us. Okay. So for those who don't know, Canada, or more specifically, Ontario, uh, is kind of the capital of marketing technology, right? There's so much amazing marketing technology that has grown up and and expanded out of this region. Um, But quite often when we're all at these conferences, or we're meeting people, we often say we're all from Toronto, right? Now, Tyler is actually, you know, with Vidyard, which is based down the road as as we describe it, which is a bit of a long road, but, you know, Kitchener-Waterloo. Now that you have to do that commute quite often, how close is Kitchener-Waterloo? And I will let you and Tyler debate this for a good 30 seconds here so that we get the real answer.
3: Uh, do you, Tyler do you want to give your answer first and then I'll I'll disagree or agree <laughs>
2: uh, Kitchener Waterloo is basically a suburb of Toronto where we're, we're right next to each other uh, because I don't because I I live five minutes from my office Hannah, how about you how, what do you think
3: yeah so Kitchener Waterloo is about an hour and 15 minutes away from Toronto with zero traffic and all things you know going your way when it comes to transit um but no in all honesty it's actually um, Um, I, you know, it, it, it's not that far. Um, the only thing I have to complain about when it comes to sort of the Kitchener-Waterloo commute is that I commute the opposite way of most people because most people commute into Toronto. Um, so like if I don't want to drive and I want to take a train, the train times are all like wrong for me. (laughs) So that's my only complaint when it comes to that.
2: That's all right public transit Here, we're, we're fixing it okay so um, you know i'm the video guy we talked about video and, and randy brought up blockbuster for those of you who don't know what blockbuster is congratulations <laughs> um, so uh, I, netflix hbo you know uh, pick pick a favorite show and tell us is it the storytelling is it the acting or is it just the pure uh visual graphics that appeal to you hannah what, what's your what's your flavor on, on uh digital tv
3: Oh, okay. So, oh, um, I think I think I'm gonna go Netflix. It's a toss up because I actually also get Hulu, even though technically Hulu is not available in the U.S. We have some jerry rigging that we've done and some more, some workarounds. Um yeah, but, but I think it's, yeah.
2: You have a go-to show.
3: Uh. I'm right now, to Netflix or Hulu. Netflix, or Hulu. okay. Right now, what I'm catching up on is Narcos, which I'm a little bit late on, but I'm actually really, really, really liking Narcos. So let's leave it at that. Otherwise, I'm going to him and Ha and I love it. Like five different shows.
2: No, I love it. I got I got so pulled into that because of the human storytelling on it. It's like us marketers can learn so much from every one of those shows.
3: Mm-hmm. And the thing with Netflix too, real, really quickly, is like you see them producing this stuff, and it's not like these massive seasons that run for years and years. They're short, they're sweet, and they're really excellent content, which is what I love about what Netflix is doing.
1: Yeah, I think people are though, listening to you, now and they're like, "Oh, Hannah seems so easygoing and pleasant." And if they meet you, you're the same way. But you're choosing the very violent story of Narcos <laughs> now. I'm going to paint you in an even scarier perspective for people. You have a black belt. Share with us what that black belt is in.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Um, So previous life to the whole tech scene, I actually ran a chain of martial arts studios. Um, So I did the collective marketing, and I was also general manager for two of the locations. And yeah, I was teaching martial arts since I was a kid. Uh, I have a fourth degree black belt in jujitsu, also certified to teach kickboxing, which is what I was doing sort of towards the end of my career, so... Yeah, number one question I get is, can you beat me up, which is not particularly original or innovative, but that's usually the next question.
1: Awesome. Well, I, I think you know everyone's gotten to know you a little bit on this podcast today. They realize you've got you know really dangerous chops in, in content marketing overall, and now as well martial arts. So uh, <laughs> definitely, yeah, to be feared out there in the market. And, uh, Hannah, it's been great having you on Content Pros uh, on behalf of Tyler at Vidyard and myself, Randy at Uberflip. Uh, you can find more podcasts like this if you've enjoyed it, Content Pros podcast.com. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of other podcasts that fall under the convince and convert family of podcasts. So check out social pros, check out, you know, some of the content with Jay bear specifically, it's all great content, all designed to get you thinking ahead of your game. And from the marketing perspective, uh, Hannah, again, thanks so much for joining us all the best at Shopify and everything you're going to do to con- conquer marketing there. Uh, until next time, thanks to everyone for, for tuning in.
0: This is Jay Baer, and thanks for listening to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince & Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince & Convert Media. Interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show? Visit us at convinceandconvert.com.